0: We're going beyond the whistle with Kyle Adams of the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, and it's bigger than the ball. Kyle's message is especially important now, as we recorded this episode during the COVID 19 pandemic that has changed life as we knew it, and it truly is bigger than the ball. Stay safe and healthy, and enjoy my conversation with Kyle Adams. You are listening to Beyond the Whistle, the podcast that takes basketball coaches beyond the X's and O's to help you grow your network, make a plan for your career, and maximize your influence. Beyond the Whistle is brought to you by McCant Sports, a career management and consulting firm for college basketball coaches. Learn more at McCantSports.com. Welcome to Beyond the Whistle. I'm your host, Odell McCants, and thank you for listening. I'm really excited to have as my guest today, Kyle Adams, the women's associate head basketball coach at the University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff. He's someone that I have followed on social media. I've followed his passion for contributing to the coaching profession, and I'm really excited to have him on the show today. So Kyle, welcome to Beyond the Whistle.
1: Thank you, Odell. I'm really excited to be on with you. Uh, Like you, I've been following your work and have been very impressed and, uh, You know, you're you're one of my motivations and um, to to have an opportunity to connect with you and and to be on your medium. uh, I'm really excited. Thank you.
0: Yeah, well, you as well. Thank you. So, Kyle, you just wrapped up your first year at Arkansas Pine Bluff beyond wins and losses records. How did that first year go down there in Arkansas?
1: It was really uh, it was really interesting. I, I learned a great deal. Um, I had an opportunity to work with two amazing young women, uh, our head coach, Dawn Brown, and then our assistant coach, Nicole Mealing. Um, And it was really just a, you know, when you take over, you know, it was Dawn's first year as a head coach. And um, she had been a very, she had been prior a very successful head coach in that conference. Uh, She's someone that I've known for a great deal. I mean, a long time. And I was excited about the prospect of of working with her to help her build um, UAPB women's basketball. And then Nicole is someone who I've who I've met. uh, I met a few years ago recruiting and then we reconnected. Nicole had an opportunity this past the year prior to this season. um, There was a coaching change at East Carolina where she was an assistant coach and she was elevated uh, to the interim head coach. And she was someone that I that I had looked to to just connect with um, during that that transition for her. And we built a strong relationship and we got an opportunity to to kind of to work together uh, to build to to build the foundation of this program this year. And I really, really enjoyed it. Great. You know, Pine
0: Bluff is a place that's near and dear to my heart. Kyle, uh when I was in high school at Flint Hill Prep and I won't date myself and say when, but we played the week between Christmas and New Year's. We played in the King Cotton Holiday Classic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know, back in back yes. in the uh, 80s, I felt that Pine Bluff was ahead of its time and that yes. they would bring, you know, the top 8 Teams in the country, and it was on ESPN. Yes. We played at the Convention Center. I, I, I yep. remember that. I remember yep. those days. And we played against uh, Bobby Hurley and St. Anthony's. We played yep. against Miami Senior down there that had uh, um, yep. that 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 had uh, Doug Edwards uh, and uh, yep. had some memorable played at Florida. Yeah, State. yeah, had yep. some memorable times. And it's been a, it's
1: always a special place for me. It's it's really interesting that you mentioned that. Odell, this year, this is the second year that it's it's, it, it's returned. So I, I think it, it went dormant for some time. Pine Bluff is a very, it's a very, very interesting place. You can see a lot of remnants of of the great history um, that's been there. There's a museum actually on the campus of Pine Bluff where you can, you, you, you see where Joe Lewis has been on that campus. Muhammad Ali has been on that campus. Aretha Franklin has been on that campus. Jackie Robinson has been on that campus. There were a lot of movers and shakers. Dr. King was the commencement speaker at the 58 graduation. So that that area, that Pine Bluff, Arkansas, has a lot of rich and interesting history. But to your point, uh, the King Cotton Classic, it came back uh, not not this season, but what would be considered eighteen nineteen, it returned, and this year I got an opportunity to to attend uh, some of those games, and you can see the passion and the enthusiasm around it. There were teams in from all over the country. Um, actually, uh, Jawan Howard, who's the head head men's basketball coach at the University of Michigan, uh, his sons are are some of the top players in the country. Their teams were there. It was. It was just really interesting to watch, you know, the the quality of talent and the quality of schools that they've, you know, they brought to Pine Bluff. They still play at the convention center. Um, shout out to uh, Ryan Watley, who, who who's the chairperson who heads the event. Um, it was I was just excited to to be there and, and to to kind of witness something so historic. I, I saw where St. Anthony's was there back in the day and. Um, Different, you know, St. Raymond's different schools from historic programs all over the country were were coming to Pine Bluff, Arkansas um, to to play in those games. So I just wanted to tell you that they've there's been a resurgence with the King Cotton Classic.
0: Well, I didn't know that, Kyle. And I'm so yep. happy to hear that. It was yep. such a part of the committee. I mean, man, we had police escort from yep. the from the airport. I guess we flew in the Little Rock. I don't remember we all the details. Yep. Yeah, man, we About had police escorts minutes. and there was this big banquet at the Holiday Inn and yep. it, it, we had in my senior year, we had one or two games on ESPN. You know, I'm this is 1988. I know that's right. common now to see these high school games and these big tournaments, but like I said, they were so far uh, ahead of the time on that
1: no no question and it's it's been good to see um pine bluff is, has gone through some transitions um, but it's been good to see uh how that the, the just the, the the national impact that, that that tournament has had um to see it to see it come back to that community
0: so Kyle we are recording this on March 25th 2020 and we find ourselves, our country, the world in this global pandemic, uh coronavirus, COVID nineteen, and I, I would have to I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up while we're recording this and while others are listening. Take us to where you were I guess two weeks ago when it really, it came to my realization that this was going to be real and it was going to change lives. And when, take us to where you were when tournaments were being first decided to play uh, with no spectators and then tournaments were canceled eventually, uh, NCAA tournament. Take us back to where you were in, in, in that in that moment when you when it hit you that this was going to be and uh, will re- really change lives.
1: Well, we had uh, actually... We were in Texas. Uh, we we had uh, we had advanced to the first round of uh, of the Southwestern Athletic Conference tournament. Uh, we were playing in Houston. We played Texas Southern University. Uh, and as we 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 lost uh, on a Tuesday night and then Wednesday, we were traveling back to Pine Bluff. And there had been some, you know, there's a had been some, some swirling around what was going on. And then Wednesday, as we were traveling back, we learned that there was a case in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And so the kids are, you know, they're on the bus and they're trying to figure out what's going on. We as a staff are trying to figure out what's going on. And as we learned that there was a case in, in Pine Bluff, uh, it was just, you know, we were learning through social media, that it was spreading and, um, you know, that people were starting to, to quarantine and and different things. You know, we had actually stopped to get food, uh, for, for the ladies and, you know, one, a parent walked in with their child and they, you know, they asked, they said, Hey, you know, of course we had our, 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 our Pine Bluff paraphernalia on, you know, they're asking, uh, you know, they said that there was just a case in Pine Bluff. And we had to say, well, yeah, you know, but we're just, we're returning to Pine Bluff. We're not coming from Pine Bluff. <laughs> you had to make you that know, clear, right? You had to make that clear. And, you know, just, you know, just the thinking about what was going on, what was to come and not really knowing a lot about this 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 virus. And I, I just remember returning uh, to Pine Bluff. We got into Pine Bluff maybe 5.30 Wednesday evening. And as we returned, we learned that they had just shut the school down. When, when, we, when we learned that, uh, a lot of our conversation as a staff went to um, how we're going to get our, our student-athletes home. And, you know, I remember walking into, uh, walking into our, our athletic facility and our track coaches just being stunned um because that you know it marked the end of their season they you know as they were just beginning their season um and you know again nobody really knowing the severity of the virus uh but our you know we we got in at five thirty, and you know coach brown scheduled a meeting with our ladies at seven where we could let them know what the what the marching art orders would be and um, the arrangements that 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 they would need to be made to ensure that everyone got home to their families safely. Uh, after we did that, um, you know, Thursday morning, I uh, you know I was in the office. We 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 had a recruiting meeting just to tie some different things up. Coach Brown uh, let us know that you know with the end of the season, but also what, with what was going on, uh, Coach Mealing and I would be able to go, um, you know, return home and. So Thursday night, you know, Thursday we were in the office, and then, you know, I packed up Friday morning. I was on the road, and all I all I could really think about was getting to my child. Um, I wanted to get to my child. I didn't want to fly. I didn't want to fly. I felt like, you know, it, it would be best if I drove, just because you don't know everything about what's going on, and, and you're hearing that it's it's contagious. I'm stopping to get gas. I got gloves on. You know, I'm making sure I. I you just don't know. Um, but my primary motivation was to get to my son, Mason.
0: You know, it, it, this is so much bigger than 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 sports. We all understand that. But it really hit me when I saw a, a Big Ten player on the Big Ten, Big Ten Network. I can't remember who it was, but when, when their tournament was canceled and he said, I can't believe it's going to end like this. He was a senior. And just hearing that, you know, we all want to want to end it on right. the court, on right. the field, on the track. You know, hey, if you lose and the season's over, then that's that's how that's right. how it ended. But just to not have that chance to compete and just have a career ended or a season ending, uh, it it was really tough to see as a former athlete, and I'm sure it was tough uh, uh to be around that environment as well. As you mentioned, the the track team m- missing their season. Yeah,
1: and it, 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 I'll tell you, it was you know as a as a person that watches. College basketball, um, you know, this was a season where you didn't in, in, a, in, in men's college basketball and in, in in women's college basketball you didn't have a clear cut front runner. So, you know, you had in, in women's basketball you had South Carolina that was sitting at number one, but you also had uh, you had Baylor, um, you, you had UConn, you had all. You know, it was kind of wide open, and on the men's side, it was interesting watching. There were some teams that were going to make the tournament who hadn't made the tournament in in some time, you know, like a Rutgers, like a Penn State, um, different, different, different teams whose kids had never played in the tournament. And that's always fun to kind of watch, you know, programs who haven't been in a tournament have an opportunity to play in the tournament. But it hit us closer to home just because we had we had just finished. So we had lost in the first round of our tournament. And then those teams in our conference weren't even able uh, to go to the next round of our tournament and and to kind of see that where there was some, you know, I know at the division three level and and some different levels, they were able to advance a little bit further in their conference tournaments. Uh, But to see, you know, basketball programs not even have an opportunity to it to some didn't even start their conference tournaments. Um, I know, you know, listening and, and watching, you know, there were some schools that were had left to go. I, I know in our conference, Jackson State's, you know, their women's program had gone to Birmingham, where our conference tournament was being held, and had to had to go back because you know it. They hadn't found out that they had shut everything down until they had already arrived there. Um, so I, it was just, you know, it was sad. And 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 there's been great talk about. Uh, Great talk about giving, uh, giving those seniors another opportunity. I I know that a lot of uh, a lot of it's been stemmed more towards spring sports and and them allowing spring sport athletes uh, to 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 get another year of eligibility. Um, But for, you know, basketball, you know, it's really sad because a lot of, you know, a lot of seniors who worked extremely hard to give themselves an opportunity to. You know, one advance uh, in their conference tournaments into the national tournament, and, and you know, to really showcase their programs and and, and their, you know, their talents, it, it's been taken away from them. It's been really sad.
0: Yeah, and I, I've been following that talk, of course, too. And it is a great opportunity for the NCAA uh, to give back to to athletes and coaches and 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 programs. I come at it, Kyle. That on the winter sports, basketball included, the vast majority of those players' seasons were over. And for for those that it was not over, it's extremely disappointing. As I, as I stated, and as as we discussed, and, but life is disappointing. Uh, I agree for 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 those for those spring sports who had just begun. I mean to 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 lose even half of a season, but looking at almost the entire season. I think it is a good idea, a good proposition to give them back their senior year. But my question to you is, if you were put in that situation as a coach, how do you handle that from – Bringing those players, and I, I know we don't have all the answers to to the mechanics of how this would work, but how would you handle that? Uh, looking at having seniors possibly come back, and maybe some don't. Maybe some are prepared. I heard a coach saying that you know, some of his seniors were already ready. One was admitted to law school, and some were already ready to move on. You know, to that next chapter of their of their lives. But how would you handle that with players coming back, potentially impacting uh, incoming? Freshman recruits' decisions. Uh, How 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 would you see that playing out?
1: I don't. You know, it's 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 a great question, Odell. I don't. I don't know that I have a clear cut answer because there's a lot that goes into that. From a standpoint of, uh, you know, if you've already gotten commitments uh, for incoming, you know, student athletes, and and you base your recruiting on what you know that you have leaving, um, you know, I think the NCAA would have to, you know, make some sort of exemption. In order to, because now you're, you're talking about being over your, your, you know, the, your counters, you know, the, the allotment of student athletes that you're able to have on scholarship. And, you know, are they going to allow, uh, are they, are they going to allow a one time exemption? You know, the other thing that comes heavy into play with, are you allowing this for student athletes who are going, whose intention is to stay at the institution that they currently are at or, with a lot of the talk that's going around surrounding transfers, you know, if I'm a spring student athlete and you allow me to, I'm granted an opportunity to still play my senior year or compete my senior year, can I transfer to another institution and do that? There's a lot.
0: There's, we can't yeah, talk a lot all go these into. days without this whole transfer. <laughs> my I know yeah. because now I'm, because a, know, I'm a freshman, sophomore, junior. I've got this senior playing ahead of me who was going to graduate, and now he or she's coming back. Now, what, how, what, how is that going to in, impact my right. preparation right. and development and playing time next year? So now I've got everybody in my ear telling me, "Well, you know, well she's coming back, so they're not going to play you again another year, and I'm going to leave." Yeah, we 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 can't have any kind of we can't have a conversation about anything without that without talking about that transfer mindset these days.
1: And and for coaches, you have to you have to really be understand the culture of of this transfer epidemic, and 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 you make you raise a good a great point because now you know you have opposing coaches. Who are, who are saying that to your underclassmen, you know, she's coming back and she, you know, you know, you, this was your opportunity, but you can come to us. And, you know, so it, 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 it raises a lot of, you know, I recall being at the WBCA convention two years ago, um, actually last year and, you know, the the conversation in the division one meeting surrounded transfers. And I recall Doug Bruno getting up the coach at, um, at DePaul, the women's basketball coach at DePaul. And he talked about, if you allow this transfer thing to go through, it's going to be like the wild, wild West. And, and to an extent, that's what's happening.
0: So Kyle, how are you all managing business now as a staff uh, recruiting, keeping in contact communication with, with, with your current players?
1: That's a great question with, uh, from a recruiting aspect, uh, we we met as a staff before we we left Pine Bluff. Um, talked about what our needs were, where we were with, uh, with as it pertains to our needs uh, for the coming year. Uh, we've had uh, we've had some conference calls, um, getting on the phone where we're we're talking. Of course, working through email, uh, and then just working these phones, Odell, working these phones, and uh, you know, for us. You know, looking looking at uh, potential student athletes coming in, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty on the part of high school seniors and uh, junior college sophomores. Uh, they're they're not sure what's going to happen. So um, having just 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 working the phones, working our contacts uh, through email, through social media, um, because if, if you go on social media now, there's there's a bunch of. Um, student-athletes that are posting and and trying to get themselves, you know, out there and show people what they can do because they're not sure. Um, I talked to one coach who was flying around still recruiting. He was a junior college coach. But for many of us, the universities have shut – they've shut down all travel. Um, So, you know, I – we can't go out and and do, you know, in-home recruiting or or go and watch – or go going talk. Um, we have been allowed to continue to, you know, to to make calls. So uh, the great deal of our recruiting um, is, is, is working these phones and, and, and on the computer. As it pertains to our, st- our current student athletes, you know, our biggest priority is ensuring that they stay on task academically. Um, and a lot of our conversation before our ladies left campus stemmed around that. With the university going to online, um, all their courses are online. I, I actually was on the phone uh, with 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 my my academic group yesterday, uh, checking their midterm grades, and then getting their passwords so I can go in and check their online work where they're at with their online work. Uh, in addition to 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 being in uh, communication with our student athletes, being in communication with their professors and in our academic uh, people. Um, there's been a lot of communication on their part getting information out to our student athletes as it pertains to how to um, because some of some of our student athletes don't haven't had online classes. A great deal of ours um, have have had a mixture of uh, in class uh, coursework in in addition to online coursework now, all their coursework has moved to online. So just ensuring that, that the ladies are getting in there and getting on top of their work and doing their work. They have nothing but time to complete those assignments. Uh, so a, a lot for us stems around our recruiting uh, and then ensuring that our our ladies are, are continuing um, to achieve academic success. How's
0: the feeling about not having them on campus at a time when they normally would be? Because I know for coaches, whenever kids go back home, whether it's Christmas break and at the end of season, spring break and into summer, there's all this chatter in their ear, you know, oh, man, they're sorry. And, and you, they're not playing you. You don't need them. You know, <laughs> when we go transfer, there's all that. And it's hard enough to control that when they're on your campus and you're seeing them every day. And I know when they get home, that's always even more challenging to control that narrative and know what's going on and who's talking in here. How's that feeling been as, as a coach during this time?
1: Well, it's, it's been, I think for us, it's, we we understand it, you know. I think, and first and foremost, we, because that's real, isn't, isn't it? it is. kind of, and that's real. It is. It, it's real on a lot of different levels. I mean, that part of it's real, you know. A lot with us being about two weeks out um, from the end of our season, we would be get, getting ready to start postseason workouts and postseason conditioning. So that's another, um, you know, that's another challenge that you face. Um, with, with your, you know, with your student athletes being away from you, you know, if you're not, if you're not working at getting better, you're getting, you're, you're not getting better. And so I, I, you know, one of the things I did um, that, that we've tried to do is continue to keep them engaged. We did a, um, we did a up challenge, you know, you know, I had my son Mason issued a pushup challenge to the ladies in our program, you know, something to keep them engaged, um, to keep them you know, moving physically. Uh, I, it's funny you you asked that. I just saw an app uh, that some coaches are utilizing uh, specific to basketball where they can they can do some dribbling on ball handling workouts um, just to just stuff to keep them engaged. Um, I think the other part of it is, as you talked about, with people, because what you're speaking of is people trying to poach your players. And that's that's a real epidemic that we deal with um, mm-hmm. in college basketball with, you know, with the landscape of uh, it's like an arms race almost, Odell, where, you know, you have, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar Ari, with the whole cost of attendance piece, and, you know, where where student athletes are able to get um, get a check from the school. And so those are things that those are competitive advantages uh, that some of um, some institutions have over others. And, you know, those those different, you know, the, the cost of attendance and, um, and and different things like that. Those are things that can be used to entice student athletes from other schools. So, I, you know, for us, you know, we base a lot of um, the worth in our program based in our human resource and who we are and who Coach Brown is as our leader. Um, who we are as a staff and and those things that we feel that we provide in a human element element um, to help young women grow and develop into who they need to be and parents and student athletes seeing the value in that. And we, and you know, our, and our hope is that they, they understand that and want to continue to be a part of that. And speaking to that human element, Kyle, how are you doing? I, I, you know, my, my mindset when, when this all happened uh Odell was i was you know I, I i try to i it's it's my intention to look at things in a positive light to always try to see the uh the positive and i looked at this opportunity to to get ahead in our recruiting um to 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 operate in, in my creativity and, and and to work on some different projects i hadn't had an opportunity you know, to work on. Odell, you know, I last saw my son Christmas. You know, I was home for Christmas and then I hadn't saw my child in two months. And so for me to have an opportunity to to be with him every day, um, to spend this extended time with him and to have him, you know, one of the biggest challenges is to keep him on task because he thinks he's on vacation, but he, but we've, you know, we've had an opportunity to go, and in the school he's at, we went and got a packet where he's, he still has assignments that he's been, he needs to work on. Um, Mason is a, he loves to read. So we've, you know, it's making sure, ensuring that he's, he's continuing to read and he's continuing to, to further his academic skills and, and, and his learning. Um, at this time where if you're not, if you're, if you're not intentional about it, you can really regress. Um so, so for me it's 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 an amazing time. I'm I'm looking at ways I can further uh who I am and 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 my creativity and, and my capacity to learn and grow and build. Um and and then to help. Um, you know, I I you know I, I one of the things that's near and dear to my heart is is I wanna uplift and I wanna help people grow and develop, you know, and you know I've set up opportunities to get on coaching calls um, where, you know, coaches that just want to talk and they're trying to navigate through what's next or um, just talking about their season, um, reflecting on their season. I've spent a great deal of time in reflection on on, on our season at Pine Bluff and, and my individual coaching and, 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 you know, things that I felt we did well, things I felt I could improve on. Just using this time to to better myself. You know, I, I want when I come out on the on the end of this, that I'm in a better place, that that uh that the people that I'm around, that, you know, that we're working. Yeah, you know, to I be think we all needed
0: a, a pause had. It's time from life. To kind of work uh, on our you know, I'm spending it just and reaching to spend out some and time and and thought
1: with people about what that mean. I
0: have so, haven't spoken with in a long time. And, and how to we can continue I'm whole, thinking of you. Uh, you, you, and you, and I connecting. This was something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Was way past due. And hey, we all have a lot of time on our hands right now. Yeah, and Kyle, and and that leads me to you know, you you came up on my radar as right. someone I wanted to follow yep. and connect with. With your, it's bigger than the ball. And it's a great example of how coaches can create a yeah. platform to deliver their message and build their brand, not just X's and O's. And that's the whole purpose of my show here is to go beyond those X's and O's. Uh, but you are speaking, you are consulting with other coaches and, and teams. Share with us uh, how it's bigger than the ball began.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting, Odell. You know, I, I like to tell people that that everything, I won't say everything, but a great deal of who I've become as a man, how, I've, how life has made sense to me stemmed around uh, my growth as a basketball player in understanding and using the game to teach me about life. You know, I, I wasn't, I grew up playing, I started playing late and uh, I, I wasn't very good, but I was, I wanted to work at being better. And I learned, you know, I was, I was a player that, you know, when I went to high school, I I went to a new high school. I never played in, in youth, in youth basketball. I never played, um, but I got to high school and I went to a rural high school in Pennsylvania. And my thought was, Hey, I'm from Philly. You know, I'm just, I'm I'm a black guy. I'm going to go up here and show these kids how to play the game of basketball. I recognized when I got there, how much I didn't know about the game of basketball. And I had a, you know, I had a coach who was, who was very, I, I had outstanding coaches in high school, but I had a coach. His name was Bob Donovan. He was my, my first high school coach. And he taught me some different things, some different skills to work on. And I started Odell to take those skills and I would walk to an outdoor court and I would work on those skills. I would uh, I would work on my form shooting, keeping my elbow in. You know, I wouldn't be out there just dribbling the ball. I'd, I'd be out there working on my skill. I do the mic and drill. I do front mic reverse mic um, working on my ball handling, working on my passing and i would do those things every day and if i were to go play pickup before i played pickup i would do those things and i recognized odell how through doing the you know through that routine i gained confidence and i became a better basketball player so i took that same formula and i applied it to other areas of my life I wasn't the greatest student in high school, but I recognized if I spent time on the material and I studied it and got from you know and learned it, I gained a level of confidence in it. And then that, you know, that would show up in my grade. So I tell people people often: basketball helped me make sense of life. And through those experiences with my high school coaches um, and then going to college. I always, when I recognized I wanted to coach, as, as passionate as I am about the X's and O's and the strategy of the game, uh, and, and the different nuances of the game of basketball, I feel like coaches have an um, unbelievable, immeasurable opportunity to impact things, you know, staples in the lives of young people that go past, uh, when that, when the ball stops bouncing. And, you know, I just had gotten to a point, you know, I, I, I had coached, um, I had coached for about maybe 10 years, 13 years on the men's side. And in 2011, I transitioned to women's basketball and it was one of, uh, it was one of the greatest things I've done in my life, Odell, because coaching women required me to learn and grow and stretch in a lot of different levels. And I was open to that, and so I, I I just I understood that, as you know as a 46 year old man, how I was coached was totally different than the way today's student athletes are being coached, and I need to adapt to that. you know, I need to adapt to them. It's not you know I'm an old school coach, and you need to you need to get on my that's not happening today it it's It's incumbent upon us as coaches, as leaders to learn about them and be willing to change who we are to meet their needs, to help them. Uh, if we're going to help to transport them, we've got to learn about them and and, and they're not like we are and that's okay. So, you know, I, I had really wanted to, you know, in, in the coaching profession and another part of it was the coaching profession can be so transient in, in that you have constant change at the administrative level, you know, you get a new president, you get a new athletic director, and they want they want their people, and so you have coaches who are sometimes you know who are doing really good work, and then they have to transition for whatever, whatever reason. And I just had always felt like you don't magically become a bad coach because you get let go or there's a transition where you have to leave or whatever the case. And how do you take and transport? Uh, your expertise, your philosophy, your pedagogy, how do you take that and transport it into something of yourself, you know, for yourself and and without, when you don't have a school logo. And so I, you know, I just started to see all these, these different transitions in the coaching realm. And I wanted, I wanted to create, I felt like I wanted to create something uh, of, of my own that, You know, that I could work to help coaches get a different level of dexterity um, where they could kind of, you know, expand on their skills. And, and, you know, a question I often ask, are you a transformational coach or are you a transactional coach? And and just recognizing that we can't allow that scoreboard to determine the impact that we have on the lives of our student athletes.
0: And Kyle, go, go deep with us on what that means to you. Are you a transactional or transformational coach?
1: Well, I think, you know, with, with the culture of, of athletics today, it's a, it's a win at all cost, you know, culture and, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, their, their concern or their motivation is to win so they can get to the next job. So they can get a raise so they can, you know, so they can continue to move up this, this, this coaching ladder, and I think sometimes we can lose we can lose the opportunity to really impact the lives of student athletes through this through this interaction. And I, I've I've just wanted I wanted coaches to to really understand the value of the impact that they are able to have on the lives of young people, and regardless of you know, you can base if you, regardless if you win five games or you win twenty five games, you know, because I, there are coaches out here that are winning, uh, you know, winning games, but they're not they're when their student athletes leave them, they're not prepared to go out and compete in this world. And I just it's 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 much more important to me to to ensure that we we develop young people to go out here and thrive and you have you have the opportunity to do that in your program and i think some you know you have you have some people that kind of missed the boat on that and i don't yeah do i want i want to win yes I, I i want to win and i love winning but i really believe that you you win when winning is a byproduct of you developing your players holistically um, you know, you helping to develop them as leaders. And I, you know, some of that is submerging your leadership. You know, I, I've, I've really, it's really important to me not to, you know, the, the purpose of learn of, of leadership is not to, to build followers it's to build more leaders. And especially as a man coaching women, it's really important to to me to to help them take ownership of this journey. You know, I I may operate as the facilitator, but you really want them to take ownership and become empowered in the direction of of that basketball program. Because now, you know, it gives them a different level of confidence um, and certainty in in their strength and their power and the things that they can do um, and the impact that they can have. You know I view this as a ministry it's not it's It's not about me you know making a you know getting to the next job and and, and all those things because I believe if you if you if you put these other things first, then the opportunities will present themselves uh but it's just it's more important to me to really have an opportunity to impact who these young people will become as they move forward in life and 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 you know such is what we're dealing with right now, Odell how are, are have you equipped your student athletes to be resilient in the face of challenge, in the face of adversity? And, and those are things that we can impact more than whether I score one more point than you do on that scoreboard. I hope that, that answers your question.
0: Absolutely. And how have you been able to work with coaches and coaches and their programs to instill or, or implement a a mindset towards the, their coaching and the profession. And also what, to me, what you really described truly is culture. You hear that bantered about all the time in sports, but you know, culture to me is not, Oh, we spend extra 15 minutes in the weight room or, you know, we play hard defense. I mean, that's not culture, culture. I was, believe my, my definition of culture is what happens when you're not in the room, right. when you're not in the locker room. When you're, and that's what you've really described to me. How have you been able to work with with coaches and their programs? Well,
1: I think, you know, I'm, I feel really honored first for uh, the different programs that have allowed me to come in um, and assist and, and work with, with them. And as you know, Adele, coaching, coaching teams and, you know, a team is tribal. And we're not just allowing anybody into that tribe. And I think because I, I I really, my my motivation really stems from a place of wanting to help coaches provide better experiences for their student athletes. So I, you know, I, I think through my relationships, I'm very relationship driven. Um, and I've done this, I've done this maybe 25 years now. And, you know, over the, the course of my career, I've been able to to build some some really strong, meaningful relationships with a lot of different people, and I think in through that they recognize that my motivations are pure, um, and that I just I just want to help. You know, I've I've had an opportunity to go in and work with programs where there may be a level of dysfunction or disconnect within the team, and. One of the biggest things I think is important is to provide opportunities to have real conversation, to to have real conversation, to have comfortable conflict, um, to to allow people to to, to speak their truth. Because I, I think a lot of times with with young people, they they have a perception of one another, and then you really don't know who that person is. Until so they share some things with you that are similar to what you've been through. And sometimes we don't always provide platforms and opportunities to allow that to happen. So a lot of what I, I, I think I strive to do is to create conversation, real genuine conversation uh, between, you know, student athletes and their coaches. You know, I've, I've, as a coach, I've, 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 you know, I've done some different work with our students where, you know, I share my frailties with them as well. And I've been in a circle, you know, with our with our young ladies and I'm sharing some stuff and I'm crying in that circle and they're crying. And, you know, how does that help you better connect on the floor? What kind of connection does that build in your team, in your group, when you have a different level of understanding of, of not just my strengths, but of my frailties. And now I have a level of commitment to help you improve in your frailties. And I think it just, you know, now you're you're talking about transformative experiences and then how that how that gives you a competitive advantage on the floor. You know, and you you watch it when you have a bench that's really engaged and they're going off and and, and they're coaching their the team up. And I'm not talking about the coaches. I'm talking about the kids that are on the bench. They're they're engaged and they're coaching. That bench down, that other bench is looking down there and they're wondering, why don't we have that? Why aren't we connected in that way? And so, that, you know, I found that that gives teams a competitive advantage. Um, and, and there are a lot of coaches who, who want that. Who want to be able to, you know, provide those transformative experiences for their student athletes, where those, those young people are connected, you know, not just for the four years they play before the, for the next 40, you know, Odell, I get co- calls, Coach Adams, I'm getting married, Coach Adams, you know, we're going to have a baby, Coach Adams, we're going to buy a house, Coach Adams, I'm, I'm getting my master's and that's, those are my championships. Those are my championships. And and I feel like we need, we, we really need to be in the business of building champions bigger than winning championships. There's a, there's a, there's a difference there. Um, and, and really getting coaches to understand the value um, in the first and how that can help you do the latter. Um, so I, you know that 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 has a lot that had a lot to do with my motivations, um, and why and and how I feel coaches have really open been open to allowing me uh, to assist in, in 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 building the cultures of their programs. You think of, you know, you you think of culture, you know, and when you go into a program, if 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 you ask you could, if you ask one of your students if someone were to ask a student athlete in your program. What do you stand for? What does this program stand for? If they can't answer that. Then you got work to do. You scale that back. If if you ask a coach. What do you stand for? What what is your coaching pedagogy? You know, and, and, and when I when I speak of pedagogy, I go back to not just being a coach. I go to being an educator. You know, what are your motivations? What are the learning outcomes that you choose that you're wishing, you know, you're looking to to build and see in your in your basketball program? And I don't know if if coaches really view it in in that sense, you know, how when 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 people talk to your program and and young people in in your program, how do they describe the experience that they're having? Yeah, we win games yeah we play hard but these these are the the, diff, the the distinct things that we stand for and you know so a lot of my motivation is based around helping coaches start to develop what that looks like for themselves and then how they roll that out uh in their program
0: well Kyle thank you so much for sharing this with us on this episode You have, you're very active on social media and I love your website. Can you instruct folks on how they can reach out to you, connect with you, follow you? uh, And also if if they want to work with you to help build this type of mindset, both personally and their, in their profession and also extending it to their programs.
1: Well, first, Odell, thank you um, for extending your platform uh, as an opportunity for me to share uh, just about my journey but but also uh, about it's bigger than a ball uh, first and foremost you know I'm you can reach out to me my phone number is three zero two three six seven three three six zero my social media I'm active on Twitter uh, LinkedIn Facebook uh, Instagram uh, all you can follow me at coach ka20 we have a website uh, where you can learn more about the services that we provide. Uh, it's bigger than um, And we really, you know, we really are intentional and passionate about helping coaches um, to, to grow their dexterity, to grow their aptitude, you know, and to provide them with resources to provide transformative learning experiences for the je- next generation of leaders. No, I'm, I'm excited um, to connect uh, with, with coaches, with leaders, with organizations, any, any entities that are, are really vested in the growth and development of their people.
0: And those uh, links are in the show notes that you can find either on our website or in the app that you're listening to this episode in. Kyle, this has been great. It's been way overdue. I'm really glad that we have connected to do uh, this episode. And thank you for being a guest on Beyond the Whistle.
1: Thank you, Odell. I I, I love your work. Um, I, I need to, to tell you and I need to tell your listeners that you have been someone who's helped in my leadership journey um, just with the uh, with the information that you, sh- you share and provide with, you know, with with the guests that you've had and and through your experiences, you have been a definite motivator in me starting the as bigger than the ball podcast. Um, So for me to have an opportunity to be on your platform, I am extremely humbled and honored. Thank you. Odell.
0: Thank you for listening to beyond the whistle. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. It's the best way to stay updated on the newest episodes. Beyond the whistle is a production of McCant sports, a sports executive search and talent solutions firm. To learn more about McCant Sports, visit McCantsports.com.